0: welcome back.
1: This is Survived with Sophie
0: and Lexi. We started telling our survive story in college and we're moving on to bring you guys more
1: through many different topics.
0: And we've been having some technical difficulties. I don't know if there's like a full moon or what's going on with the zodiac signs or the planets today. but It's a little
1: crescent. It's really cool. It looks really cool. You can see the whole moon, but you can see, like, the only one little part that, like, little crescent part that's (laughs) like, no.
0: Oh, nice. A crescent. Is it a waxing or waning crescent? Trick question. Um, a croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know your moon phases? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, yeah, so we've been having just a little technical difficulty, so
1: hopefully the rest of this episode goes smoothly for us. And if it doesn't, you can throw tomatoes at us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: goodness. But to kind of turn the topic around, this week's episode is going to be a little bit on the heavier side. Um episode 19 but this has been a requested topic and we thought talking about it would bring a little bit more awareness to it as well.
1: Um, in a previous episode we touched, we touched on um, stalking a little but today we're going to be talking about stalking and domestic violence um, and
0: just how that kind of
1: all falls into play.
0: Yeah, because they're very intertwined with a lot of different situations, and they're both very valid to talk about. And in our other episode where we talked about stalking, we only hit the tip of the iceberg with that.
1: Yeah, we have a lot more to really like talk about. We got some facts and stats for you after this, too, to, like, kind of figure out how, like, the likeliness of this stuff to happen... Is it a common thing? You know, I don't know.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) So just a little overview of our episode. And first, trigger warning, if you don't like listening to cases about stalking or domestic violence, feel free to just sit this episode out. We'll have a lighthearted one next week for you guys.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
0: overview of the episode. We're going to be talking about the case of Molly McLaurin or McLaurin. I want to say
1: McLaurin.
0: I want to say McLaurin and McLaurin, but I it's either I think way. I
1: Yeah.
0: So her case we're going to be talking about. And then Lexi's going to talk about the case of Glenn and Bessie Hyde. A
1: and- little throwback on that one.
0: Yeah. Isn't that like an older case? It's
1: very old. Yeah.
0: Ooh. I'm excited to hear you talk about that.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to hear about Molly. And We're also going to
0: be talking, just, like, discussing uh, stalking and the domestic violence and how they can correlate and how someone can escalate to that. And we have some facts for you guys. And that
1: concludes what our episode's going to be about today. Yep. Well, Sophie, would you like to start with your story?
0: Yes. I will take it away. So, my story is about Molly McLaurin. Molly was 23 years old, and she went to Kent University in Ohio. And before I get really into this, this one is more kind of focused on the stalking and how stalking can escalate very quickly into something very bad. And I also picked this one because of her age. Um...
1: She's our age.
0: She is our age. So this could... The age group. Yeah. It just, you know, hits home for us for that. We can definitely relate. And it's very, very sad to hear what she has went through. So that's why I just wanted to talk about this one. This This case has always stuck with me after I heard it. So. Anywho, she went to Kent University. Molly met joshua Stimson in 2016 through a dating app online which pretty sure everyone does nowadays a lot of people do the majority they didn't meet in person until a couple months later in the fall of 2016 so she probably met him i want to say probably in the spring they didn't say but hmm. they were probably talking online back and forth getting to know each other And then, in the fall, they decided to meet in person. Molly's parents did say that she never had a long-term boyfriend before. And after that, after they met and he met her parents, he kind of became increasingly obsessed with Molly. He always wanted to just, like, be around her and hang out with her. And... However, this was like kind of a love bombing stage. If you guys know what love bombing is, it's like when somebody kind of gives you so many compliments and kind of hypes like you an up overwhelming amount. Yeah,
1: overwhelming
0: amount to where it's unhealthy, and then they retreat back and pull all their love and or love quote unquote back later on hmm. in the relationship. So, however, after this love-bombing stage, because he seemed obsessed with her, but after that, he became really controlling of Molly. She introduced him to her parents and her friends, but he never let her meet anyone in his circle. Which is a red flag, just saying that if your person is never letting you see, like, anyone in their inner circle, that means there's something they have to hide. Yep. So watch out for that. He
1: probably didn't have many friends, and I feel like if you don't have... I don't know. If you are kind of an outcast to begin with, you're not going to have that many people to introduce. So in a way, he probably felt... I don't know, embarrassed if you think about it.
0: Maybe, yeah. That definitely could be a possibility, too. So, all this happened in the year of 2016. And we're going to fast forward to March of 2017. So, this is the spring of March 2017. I'm guessing maybe a year after she's... And they were still
1: dating at this point?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, a year after she's met Josh, she actually was considering breaking up with him. She just couldn't handle all of it anymore. There was just so much stuff going on with him. She was just like, no, I don't want to deal with you anymore. You're kind of annoying. And he promised her he would change, he would get better. And they took a short break apart from each other. And then she decided to stay with him because he apologized. He promised he would change. The next month in April Molly and her parents finally met his parents in London. They all like went to London for some running event. I'm not quite sure what it was, but they all stayed kind of in the same area and that night there was a huge argument be- between Josh and Molly. And it could be heard from down the hall. Like, her mother said she heard this huge argument going on between them. She didn't know exactly what was going on. But um, Molly was pacing the room frantically when her mother walked in. And Molly said, you won't believe what he's done. He's been recording and videoing me. Which her is own boyfriend? Her own boyfriend at the time. Apparently was recording her. And videoing her. And taking. Also like taking pictures of her. With like what though? Yeah. With like his phone or. Yeah with his phone. What the. Yeah. And another thing I will add is. I think it was from like the mother's testimony. During like court or something she said. When she walked in there. And that's what Molly said to her. She was freaking out about it he was sitting on the bed seemed cool calm didn't say a word you know like very weird you would think if he's getting accused of something he would be like
1: defending himself but defending it- or freaking out
0: but no he was just sitting there just calm so it's a little off-putting <laughs> very weird I don't hmm. like this guy. So after returning home from a vacation in May of 2017, so we're kind of fast forwarding a bit. That happened. The fight happened in April and they got back home or they went to on another vacation and they got back home from a vacation in May. Molly was just done with Josh. She told her mom, I have no more feelings for him. I need to just break up with him. So, she waited a whole month later until she actually broke up with him. Because she, I guess she just needed that courage. And some girls, I think it is, you need to emotionally break up with them first before you physically break up with him. I think that's how girls, like, work with their brains.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of debating, I feel like, when you're going to break up with somebody. Like, it's not just something that... You just do want to win. It's not out of the blue. It's um, a very thought-through process.
0: Exactly. So she actually broke up with Josh at a birthday party that they both were attending in June of 2017, a month later. And he shouted at his friends, she's finished with me. And that is the last time Molly saw Josh or so she thought she was going to see him. On June 18th, Molly gets a call from a family member to check her Facebook page. And when she looks, it's Josh posting horrible things about her online all over Facebook. And I know, like, back in 2017, like, Facebook was the app. Like, I guess, maybe, yeah. Facebook was, like, still relevant. I mean, it's not, like, irrelevant now, but people would look at Facebook for sure in that year. Oh, yeah, when it
1: first came out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, the things that he would post on Facebook, on her Facebook page, for her friends, her family, her co-workers, like, people to see, it was false allegations, such as, like, she did drugs, like, cocaine, and pictures of her that he took, like, you know, pictures. So... She was very distraught about this because somebody that she dated and, you know, she just wasn't feeling it anymore and broke up. And that's how he reacted
1: to it. Oh, my goodness. And this... Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Insane. But the next couple things I'm just going to say is kind of more like timeline wise, um, just because I want our listeners to get kind of picture the timeline of how everything kind of played out here so that happened on June 18th she found out he's posting all of this stuff all over her Facebook on June 20th but nobody knew this until after after the fact but on June 20th he actually was seen on CCTV footage from stores purchasing a paring knife and a pickaxe Okay. So, weird. weird. A weird
1: purchase. Very weird purchases.
0: Mhm. Especially in June. Why would you need a pickaxe in June? I. Uh, I don't yeah. know. You know, you'd think like for like an ice pick, maybe like to ice. I don't know. Is that not the same thing? I'm not sure. I should know what a pickaxe is. It's like with our I don't want to give away our college, but
1: <laughs> it's like um it's what miners use.
0: Yes, pick away at the Yes, I that's why I said I should know what that is. Yes. Yep. It's a logo that has use. been very prominent in my life. <laughs> Okay, anyway, back to the story. So he purchased those items on June 20th, but no one knew that he did that until later. On June 22nd, Molly went to the police station because he was still posting all this stuff every day on her Facebook. And she showed him all the harassment that was occurring online from Josh. When she was at the police station. Oh, I hate this part. (laughs) When she was at the police station, the way they just, like, mitigated this whole situation was horrible. So they called Josh up on the phone. They called him, like, on his cell phone, home phone. And they said, hey, you know, we hear you are posting some not-so-good stuff on this woman's Facebook. Could you please not do that anymore? And they said, we wouldn't want Molly to come down to the police station again about you, would we? And Josh had replied, wouldn't we? And they said, oh, well, he's not going to do it. He said he's not going to do it anymore. So he, you're good. You can go home now.
1: I feel like times have changed because of stories like this. Because yeah. the way that this story escalates in the end. But there were so many calling signs and warning signs beforehand And again, the police failed to really recognize that. But, I mean.
0: It's just, I don't know. I I can't believe, like, they were like, oh, it's just some, like, drama. But they thought it was honestly boyfriend-girlfriend drama. Because she had said, like, oh, this is my ex-boyfriend, you know, doing this and so that's why i think they took it less seriously it's not some stranger it was an ex-boyfriend so they were like okay he's just mad because you broke up with him you know he's gonna get bored of it so we'll tell him to stop and if he doesn't listen then maybe we could do something later but like you know they just were kind of like loosey-goosey about what they were doing
1: yeah they weren't really following through with it
0: and they didn't take it seriously at all So Josh kept posting on her Facebook very alarming things, acting like there was more to come. On June 27th, the police called Molly and informed her that Josh had taken down all of his posts because he just doesn't want to look bad for his new clients. Just like all of a sudden took down all of his Facebook posts and said, oh, it's because... I'm getting new clients for work, and I just don't want to look bad. But you were posting them for almost a week, dude, and you didn't care? I I, I don't
1: think that makes sense, you know? No, I'm sorry, but people are going to screenshot that stuff. Yes. iPhones were made to screenshot for a reason.
0: We were doing it back in 2017. <laughs> yep. <sighs> but, yeah, so that was just weird. She definitely thought that was weird. So the next day, Molly... So another thing I will say about Molly is she was attempting to become a personal trainer. So she would go to the gym every morning, and she would record herself working out. And instead of, like, going to a personal trainer class... Because she liked working out, doing her own workouts more. But she'd just have to record herself. And so she did that on the morning of June 28th. She visited her gym called Pure Gym at the Dockside in Chatham, I believe. Yeah, on the, yeah and that was the morning of June 28th. And that evening, she went out with her friends at the Ship and Trades Pub to celebrate one of them getting a new job. Shortly after, Josh had entered the pub with another group she did not recognize. Molly was not necessarily scared, and everyone in Molly's friend group was just thinking, like, you would a creep, why is he here?
1: Because he won't leave her alone.
0: Yeah, exactly. She thought, okay, you're posting on my Facebook, and now I feel like you're following me around. What's going on? So she seemed a little startled that he was in the same place as her, her, like possibly following her. But then when she talked about her, whoa, when she talked about it with her friends, they said, well, we posted it on social media earlier that day. He could have definitely, you know, seen it. He's not following you. So we think. And Josh walked past her group of friends to the smoking area. He didn't smoke. And he just watched them. Molly was uncomfortable and just wanted to leave and tell her mom that Josh showed up to the pub. Her friend replied, don't worry about that psycho. Hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, the next day, like this is happening Every single day now. But on June 29th, Molly entered Peer Gym like she always does every morning. And she was even spotted by an employee at 10.10. So she was there around 10 a.m. She went to get a workout in and record herself for her personal trainer certification. Since it was early, there was no one else in the facility. Josh had entered the gym after molly and if you guys would like just warning there is a video of the footage in the gym where you can see him walking like up the stairs and it's very strange because he walks up the stairs to the gym he turns back around and walks back down the stairs like he walks halfway walks back down and then walks all the way back up the stairs again and then enters the area where molly is. So it's like he's fighting himself on if he should go inside or not.
1: I feel like he's aware of what he's doing, but he just can't help himself. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like he thought, no, like, I shouldn't be doing this, turned back around, went downstairs, and then, and then he was like, you know what, never mind, I'm gonna do it. Yeah.
0: And then after he walks back up the stairs and walks into the room, he picks a spot right next to molly to work out in and there is also footage of them two alone in the gym and it's so strange because she's in the middle of recording herself he walks in he sets down like a mat next to her and then he just starts like working out just like full-on not even warming up or doing anything he just starts doing like ab exercises just like and if anyone ever works out like you know you have to do like a slight warm-up or stretch Something before you just, like, start lifting weights or even doing ab exercises. So, <laughs> that was just super strange to see that, I guess. So, you could tell, like, his intentions were not to go there to work out.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: Molly finally, like, you you can see this in the video, too, but Molly stopped what she was doing, walked up to him, and she said, are you following me now? And she texts her mom at 1045 and says, Mom, he is in here in the gym, and he is next to me. He called, or sorry, she called her mom, and her mom said, come straight home and to drive safe. She sent a text to a friend at 1102 saying, I feel like I'm looking over my shoulder all the time. And in the footage, you can see Josh, after Molly confronts Josh, he grabs his stuff and leaves. But he does the weird stare thing again where he walks down the stairs. He walks back up, but he doesn't walk fully in. He peeks in there to see if Molly's still in there. And then he leaves quickly and walks outside. I believe that he walked to his car so he could watch Molly go to hers. But we're not sure about that. Hmm. So, he might have watched her to her car. He might have followed Molly to her car. But he did attack her. She got into her car and he yanked the door open and started attacking Molly. A bystander, Benjamin Moore, attempted to halt the attack on Molly. So, you go, Benjamin Moore. Thank you for trying to save her. And I will save everyone the gory details, but the paring knife was used on Molly. And when police arrived at the scene, Josh walked up to them and said, You want me? He was covered in blood and Molly was pronounced dead at 11.43 a.m. at the scene.
1: That poor girl. That literally, okay, so if you think about it, she broke up with him on June 18th, and then...
0: Within a matter That's of days- 11 days.
1: That took 11 days for him to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was a pattern of
0: him with other girls in the past, um, not to this extent, but to the extent of stalking, um, harassing, and things like that, like his past girlfriends. So it's just like, ugh. And he is—he de- definitely like is put away because it was um, planned out, you know, premeditated.
1: Well, he premeditated. He admitted that he did it. Yeah. And I don't know. That, like, whole footage of him going halfway up the stairs and then down and then way back up just kind of shows you that he took a second to think about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Walked away from it, but then said, no, never decided. mind, I'm still going to do it.
0: Yeah, decided to do it anyway. And the fact that, like, she just was talking to her mom saying, like, I'm coming right home. I don't feel safe. And she said it to her friend, like, I don't feel safe. At two, that was, like, and then 40 minutes later, she's dead. It's insane. It's so sad. Aww. But, yeah, that story has always stuck with me, especially after I watched the footage of it of, um, him walking up and down the stairs and, um, Molly in the room, like, saying, like, why are you following me? It's just, like, wow. I don't know. I can't believe something like that can escalate so fast. And people don't think it can. No. And the sad part is, it's, like, the police could have maybe stopped this earlier, but they didn't.
1: I think there was probably a little more that should have been done on their part. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But I feel like now when online harassment starts, it's, it's a crime. It's a federal crime now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, back then, I don't think you could get in trouble, but in today's age, and the 2020s era um it is a federal crime so who knows if it would have changed or whatnot but yeah
0: i know and it's just crazy because i know there are so many people out there that meet their person on a dating app but you know you always do your due diligence look them up on some court like The court's thing is public record. Like, you can look up to see if they've had any um, previous, like, criminal charges, things like that. Like, that's public. You can look that up. Make Mm -hmm. sure they're not a criminal. And if you see a red flag, then walk away. Like, it's okay. You can walk away.
1: Yep. Use your intuition.
0: So, yeah. That's my two cents. (laughs) Alrighty. Lexi, do you wanna go into your story about Glenn and Bessie?
1: Yes. Um this one's more of like a mystery to kind of lighten that really heavy mood.
0: Ooh, mystery.
1: Yes. okey Pokey. So this one takes place in nineteen twenty eight. Wow. We're going way back. Throwback. Way back. Throwback one. (laughs) Glenn and Bessie Hyde were married in Twin Falls, Idaho, on April 10th, 1928. He was 27 years old while she was just 18. Wow. (laughs) They really both loved um, hiking, going outdoors. Um, That's what they really connected on was just the thought of being outdoors. So in the fall, they built a boat for a special honeymoon adventure, um, a trip down the Colorado River to California. Glenn was an expected river rafter who wanted to set a new speed record for traveling through the Grand Canyon, which would put Bessie in the book as the first documented woman to do so. Wait, a river rafter? I didn't even know those were a thing. Yeah, whitewater rafting. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think it's, like, similar, but I think, like, they were, like, going on an actual boat trip where whitewater rafting is more of, like, fun. Fun for, like, a <laughs> short period of time. This yeah. sounds like it was a very long time.
0: Through the Grand Canyon?
1: Yeah. Yep. Nice. During their trip, they visited um, an experienced river rafter in Utah. He told them the boat they had built was not safe for their trip, especially, and he was especially concerned about them not taking life jackets. What? They always gotta
0: have life jackets on a boat.
1: I know, it's illegal if you don't. Like, if you do not have one One life life jacket jacket per person, person. it's like a $500 fine. Yeah. Always bring your life jackets. Yep. (laughs) However, his concerns <laughs> fell deaf on the on their ears. They took 26 days to get from Utah to Bright Angel Trail in the heart of Canyon of the Grand Canyon. They were last seen together on November 18th, and then two days earlier, they were photographed in Emery Kolb at his studio and near his home. He was a well-known in that area and had documented the Grand Canyon extensively. Um, okay, they- so
0: they were photographed by some famous guy who photographs things in the canyon and then they disappeared two days later?
1: hmm
0: Wow. Like, they disappeared in the canyon? Or in the river? Or are you gonna well- get that?
1: That's, I, that's i'm jumping ahead part. i'm jumping ahead so you got you're jumping ahead <laughs> okay because you're gonna t- yeah it'll take the whole story away but this okay. is the mystery part so this is a build-up um when the two had visited him bessie had grown tired of the river trip and she wanted to go home he tried to warn them of the dangers ahead and he asked them to stay with him through winter and wait until the weather had improved He even offered them his own life jackets. However, Glenn refused and refused all of the other help. Well, what the heck, Glenn? He was not about to cancel this trip. (laughs) He was like, we're going to go
0: on the river on a raft. You guys better suck it up.
1: (laughs) Right now. Glenn. um, Oops, sorry, guys. Adolf Strudo was one of the last people to see them alive
0: which is who they... The photograph person, right? Yes. Okay.
1: When they failed to reappear by December, a full search was made for them, led by Kolb, which was one of their friends who had seen them last. Their boat with their supplies was fully strapped and found in the river on mile 237. Everything appeared to be intact. There was no evidence that they ever made it, to River Mile 225, where they had made camp. Their bodies were never found, but it is possible that they were lost around River Mile 232.
0: Hmm. So their stuff was found at 237. And they they made it to 225, but they're thinking 232 is where they went missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. Now, so this is where a lot of stuff starts to come out. In 1971, a woman claiming to be Bessie appeared on a commercial rafting trip. Towards the end, the rafters made a camp at Diamond Creek. This was the same spot where Hyde's boat was found years earlier. That evening, a river guide told their story. The woman then revealed her true identity. She said she had gotten in a fight with Glenn down the river that day. He wanted to complete the trip, but she did not. He beat her, and then she retaliated by by stabbing him and disposing of the remains.
0: What?
1: Interestingly, she was the exact same age as Bessie at that point she would have been in 1971 however this woman took back the tale when police had interrogated her interesting so in 1976 a male skeleton was found on Kolb's property and it was believed to be Glenn um, it was for it was given to a forensic anthropologist dr. Walty Walter Burke Bert- by, he was determined that it belonged to a male Caucasian, twenty to twenty-three years old, six feet tall with light brown hair. He also discovered a bullet embedded in the skull, and it was a point three two projectile that came from a revolver that was manufactured in nineteen oh two. The production. That dates back to this specific gun, and the clothing fragments found on the bullet date back to the 1920s.
0: Interesting. And that was found on their friend's property? Yes. Oh. No. So, <laughs>
1: there was a theory that Kolb had murdered Glenn so that he could be with Bessie. <gasps> but- oh! Oh! However, it seemed unlikely that he would keep Glenn's remains with him. Dr. Birkby surprised a f- picture of Glenn's skull over the precise compare bone structure. He determined it was a different shape than Glenn's face. He pointed out several different discrepancies, such as the eye orbits were angled differently, the cheekbones were wider, and the shape of Glenn's chin was different. Based on the examination, um, Dr. Berbke recanted his statement later stating that it was not Glenn. Okay. So far, no one has no one knows what happened to the hides. Um, so after this whole thing was found and in this camp um, containing, this was like her last entry in her diary. I'm going to read this to you guys, and then I want to explain a couple theories that a lot of people have about this case. Um, So, a poem from Bessie. Oh, Mama, dear, please come. My dolly must be drowned. When I put her in the creek, she sunk without a sound. My poor eyes filled with tears. Where could dolly be? Perhaps she turned into a mermaid and drifted out to sea. Uh, so that was the last entry in her diary. Wow. I don't think the dolly is um a doll that she's referring to. No. Uh, so a lot of her friends and family said that Glenn ha- wasn't the nicest to her. He was very controlling. He beat her obviously because it came out earlier in the um, story and I think she took her moment because I mean you're in the 1920s the di- divorce wasn't the thing like you didn't do that so you're 18 years old you want to go home your husband's not letting you go home and when you do say you want to get home go home you just get beat for it and so, I think she just took it and ran. As soon as she killed him, she just was like, I have to become someone else. I can't become Bessie because they're going to ask me what happened. And I can't. She's probably, like, scared. So, she just probably came, became somebody else. Yeah. And,
0: like you said, she was 18 and he was, what, 27? seven? Twenty 20? Yeah, 28. 28. So, that's, like, a 10-year difference. Mm-hmm. And...
1: That's she a huge knows. difference when you're in your teens versus your 20s. Yeah, its like... she
0: just – in 18, like, that's young. Like, you're still – you just turn an adult. You're still experiencing life. And to be, like, chained down to someone who's not very nice to you and that you're, you know, confused about and all that kind of stuff, and you're like, well, I feel like I'm stuck with him now. And when you're out at sea like that or on that river – and she's like, okay, this is my moment. I need to go. I need to run. I need to do something to get out. That's, you know, probably what happened. Especially with that uh, poem. She might be talking about, like, the dolly is him. Is Gwen. Yep. Especially That's since, what I
1: thought, too, when I heard that.
0: Yeah. Especially since they kind of debunked the skeletal remains not being his he could have definitely drowned but it's so strange they never found any bodies
1: well i thought it was really weird when they um had found the skull and the doctor had said how he's 20 to 23 and i'm like well glenn's 28 yeah and i I guess I would like to say this too. I think there's a huge difference between an 18-year-old and a 28-year-old versus a 28-year-old dating a 38-year-old. You like you're closer in like your life stages when you're 28 to 30 than you are when you're 28 18. Eight.
0: Yes. And everyone, I know women and men, they develop their brains differently, but women, it is from like what 21 to 25 is when you're frontal cortex develops and it honestly is weird like because you'll wake up one day and you'll be like I'm wise I know what I'm doing now or not like what I'm doing in life but like you're just like you can feel the different feeling in your brain and then men it develops later in their life like late 20s so he had a or maybe early 30s I'm not sure don't quote me on this science stuff I'm not sure but (laughs) I know men develop later with their frontal cortex. That's why they, you know, need help sometimes. But...
1: (laughs) Usually when they have them held back, if they're summer babies. Yeah.
0: So that is probably, like, he probably was, like, you know, way more developed in life. He had a more developed brain. Her brain wasn't fully developed yet. And she so she was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. I you know at 18 you think you know what you're doing but then you turn 19, 20, 21 and you're like, "Oh, I don't know what I was doing at 18." Yep. So, yeah.
1: I mean, is... I think another part of this is like it was in 1928 and yeah. You didn't really date back then either. So, really before you marry your spouse or your significant other, I feel like you don't really know them. And who they are as a person or how they're going to treat you later on in life, too.
0: So, yeah, I think back then it was, it was definitely different dating style than it is now, especially in 2022. How many years? Like, is that a whole... Sid?
1: That's almost like a hundred years.
0: That is that a century? I think so. Yeah. yeah.
1: The decade is 10 years.
0: Yeah.
1: A hundred is a century.
0: Yeah. So that's something yeah. century. Mm-hmm. If
1: we're wrong, let us know. We don't know anything. Okay. We went <laughs> to college, but that does not mean that we learned anything.
0: Yeah. Not the important things. <laughs> no.
1: I didn't nope.
0: Alrighty. But yeah, so like we said in the beginning, we wanted to dive a little bit more into stalking with this one and kind of touch on the domestic violence, but like we will probably do another episode later on deep diving into domestic violence, but we definitely just wanted to touch on it, um, especially with the whole stalking and domestic violence case that we talked about first. But some facts about DV, we're going to shorten it for domestic violence, DV and stalking. 40% Forty percent of stalking victims are stalked by a current or a for former partner. So that's almost half. That's insane.
1: That's a big number.
0: And I would also like to say, it's not just males. It's not just male stalking females. There are a percentage of females stalking males. Girl, so can be crazy. We're, we're not just going after the the boys here.
1: No. No. Um, when I first saw this, when I first saw this stat, I think I almost cried because this is a really high number. <laughs> so 50 57% of those current partners that you're dating, they're stalking you during that relationship. So that's, that's over half. Yeah. I mean, What? That's almost like sixty <laughs> percent. <laughs> mm.
0: That's insane. Mm-hmm. So, wow, sixty percent of people in relationships are getting stalked by their current partner. Yep. Oh, I could, I could see like a little bit of. People, actually, no, never mind. That doesn't even count. I wouldn't even count that as stalking. Of checking up on them, making sure they're okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's a different level. They're talking more about, like...
0: Following them around.
1: Following them around. Without making, their
0: knowledge. Watching yeah, that's them, insane. what they're
1: doing. Making them share their location all the time. I think, like, there's different levels of it, too. Yeah. Like, how you can love bomb somebody Mm -hmm. or it's like the same thing as love bombing but you need to know where that person is at all times
0: yeah and yeah there definitely is different levels because there can be people be that's like oh like sharing locations with your significant other like you know how you can do that on your phones or wherever and you only check it when you need to but there is also things where you can then there's like that's the low end And I don't even consider that stalking because I feel like that's just security and safety. But on the high end of, oh, I'm going to follow my partner around wherever they go and not have a life except to follow my partner. Like, that's actually insane.
1: I mean, look at Josh in the art story. I mean, he's part of that 57%. Yeah.
0: Oh, that is insane. Okay. Next one. 74% of those in relationships report to have domestic violence
1: that means only 25% of people in relationships don't have any type of domestic violence that is a really sad
0: yeah and domestic violence also it's not just physical it is emotional as well yep so that also counts for that percentage That is actually sad.
1: That's a big number too. Wow.
0: Why can't everyone just be nice and love each other? I don't understand that. I. And if you don't, then find somebody else. Like, if you're grumpy
1: (laughs) in the world, don't be grumpy to other people. Isn't there like a song that's like, "Be happy, don't worry." Be happy. happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um (laughs) so I'm sorry guys, we're not laughing. We're just trying to make this topic a little lighter because it's kind of happy. Um 85% of domestic violence attempted homicide. And of that 85%, 76 of them have completed homicide. Just Right there, guys. Your spouse is one, is 76% more likely to complete your homicide. Mm -hmm. To complete your murder.
0: There's most of the cases is relating to a family member. Like, a lot of them in the news this past even year, I've seen it be a family member and a current one that I've seen is where it's like someone wants to get a divorce. I think it's usually the, um, the woman always wants mm-hmm. to. She files for divorce. She's finally fed up with whatever's going on. She files for divorce. And instead of just divorcing her and going about your life, the husband decides to just
1: I'm just gonna murder her instead because that seems like the most logical thing to do.
0: Yeah. And mess everyone else's life up and go to prison for the rest of my life. Like, that doesn't make... Like, what?
1: What? How does that go through
0: somebody's head?
1: Especially with the parents that have kids.
0: Yeah. Like, I've just seen so many cases like that, and it's just sad. So, please stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I know none of our listeners probably will, but just pass the word along don't do that anymore no (laughs) but yeah that is actually a terrible statistic to read and it definitely correlates with our first story and almost probably would have correlated with our second story because there is
1: if you you have domestic violence The only thing the second story is missing is stalking, but...
0: Yeah, first one got that out of the way pretty good. Yep. And another thing I do want to add, we don't have any, like, percentages-wise of this, but with domestic violence, it doesn't just start as someone or, like, your spouse or your person who you're living with domestically punches you or hits you or something like that or, um, you know emotionally abuses you It starts with very small things and then it's like a little bit emotional abuse and then it's a lot and then it is they are violent towards other things and then it's you so it's an escalation process just like stalking Stalking everything
1: escalates just read the signs
0: Yes, stalking is an escalation process, and the same with domestic violence. So, if you know the signs, or the red flags, watch out for those. Red is not your favorite color. (laughs) Nope. So, I just hope everyone got a little bit of... Knowledge. Knowledge and information from us today and we'd also like to put out there and we'll put this in our um, show notes as well if you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence please contact the 24 7 hotline for help which is 1-800-799-7233
1: don't be afraid to call
0: yes and i know some people they're in situations where it's hard to get out, but
1: there's many resources. I know there's like angels, um, safe havens. Mm -hmm. People are here to help you. Just, you got to do the first part. You just got to reach out and I'm sure they'll take the rest of it.
0: Yes, that is right. On another note, next week's episode is going to be very interesting.
1: Possibly. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, we are going to be doing something a little different. Um, We're going to lighten the mood. I feel like Sophie and I have kind of talked about this, how we feel. Our last few episodes this month were really heavy. Um, Not particularly the one that we talk about, the facts and the stats in it, but more so of just a lot of the cases kind of end bad. Bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um so we thought um we're going to add a little spin on it. So next week we have something for you guys, but you're not going to find out till next Friday.
0: Yes. So stay tuned till next week. It'll be a little bit lighter because we always got to have that little Oof. um what is morbid call it a cleanser? Yes. Yes. Our favorite um, podcast to listen to ourselves. Because obviously us podcasters listen to podcasts. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is morbid. And they say that they always got to have a good palate cleanser between these. So we'll have a palate cleanser for you guys next week.
1: Yep. We will be ready for you.
0: Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, I hope everyone has a good night. Has a good rest of your week and a good weekend.
1: Yes, enjoy your weekend and we will be back.
0: And this has been Oh, wait, one second.
1: This has been survived. No, no, not yet. They got to follow our Instagram and our Oh, yes, email to quiz me. <laughs> we'll get other social media up. I promise, guys. It's just, it's been a little busy and a little hectic. Um, Sophie was in Mexico. Um, Yes,
0: I went to Mexico, so it was a little busy with the episodes, but I'm back now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yep. She's back. Uh, I got a little busy last week with my full-time job and my side business that I do, so didn't really have time to do it.
0: (laughs) go follow Lexi's side business it's called lol boutique it's very
1: cute yeah it's cute um I've been doing it for a couple of years now but she's a pro <laughs> no no I'm, I wish I could be a pro like I see the pros doing all that and I'm like oh wow I like I have goals but <laughs> who knows Anyways, we will get all the rest of our social media and stuff that we've been talking about, like Facebook page, maybe a Patreon, getting the podcast out more and more and more, trying to reach more people. So, Uh, yes. And follow our Instagram at survived underscore with underscore Sophie underscore and underscore Lexi. Ta-da. pass the quiz and you can email us at right, with Sophie and Lexi at gmail.com let
0: us know if you guys want any new topics any stories you have for us anything
1: like that and feel free to talk about your survivor story on this podcast too because that's what we're here for um
0: yes. obviously, like, yeah. we want to know okay this has been survived
1: with sophie (laughs) and lexi bye guys bye